worship at your feet. For truly we are not even worthy to carry your sandals. How much more so not even to worship you. Yet it is our privilege and our honor to declare your praises. And declare that name which is above every other name. Christ Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah of this world. Thank you that we can worship you. Thank, thank you that we can declare you as King of Kings of, and Lord of Lords, not just of this place, but of our hearts. And we thank you that we can worship you. Thank you that we can love you. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you. And even greater, of being known by you. For that is our heart's cry and desire, is that you would know us even more than what we know you. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. This morning, I would like to just welcome you all, and those watching via YouTube and listening via iTunes, trust you'll be blessed this morning. I'd like to ask you, to what should you be committed to in your life? And can you give me an answer in order of priority? Should it be success, fame, money, leisure, pleasure? Give it to me. What should it be? Or in order of priority. Sorry? God. Okay. Interesting. Purity. Come, come, come. What else? Sorry? With your spouse. Okay. Okay. Then your family. Okay. Obedience to God. Okay. What else? What should you be committed to in your life? You have one life. What should you be committed to? Follow the teachings of the Bible. In other words, don't just read it, but live by it. Okay, what else? Spread the word of God. Well, what else? Use your time wisely. Live by God's ways. What else? Sorry? You must work hard. I put a few points down there. Some of you put it in order. Some of you didn't. Um, if you'll go to the next slide, you'll see there, first God. Who are, are you committed to God first? We're going to go through those in the next few weeks. But we're going to deal this morning committed to God above all. That is my title. Are you committed to God above everything in your life? Yeah? Are you? How many of you have ever bought a car and you've never bothered to look at the gauge to see if it is empty or not? Any of you? You always look at it, isn't it? You get into the car, what do you do? You look. Oh no, everything's fine, drive. The next day you do the same. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. A pre-flight check. Thank you very much. So you, so you fly a plane. <laughs> Why do you do it? It's habit, one thing. Okay. What else? It's wise. What else? What? Make sure you don't run dry. Yeah, but but why, do, why do you check? What is the reason? Wisdom? To keep yourself out of trouble and coming to a standstill. Right? 
What about servicing your car? Who of you have ever bought a car and never serviced it? Please put up your hand. And all of you think, what a stupid question. Isn't it? But it's not. When last did you spiritually service your life? Hello? When last did you spiritually check your gauges to see if they're full or empty? None of us here have a car and we don't regularly have it serviced. Because why? Eventually sometimes the filters get clogged up, whether it be with dirt or muck or take it to the, to the spiritual walk with the Lord. It gets clogged up with you know, slight little deviations from God's ways. Sin. And all of us, every single one of us, by the way, including myself, need to take a spiritual inventory of our lives. And you know what? When you get into your car, you do it without you even realizing it because it's just wisdom and it keeps you out of trouble. You check your gauges. All of you here said you do it. And you do it every day. What about spiritually though? Do you check your spiritual gauge every single day? That is what I would like to share on. God gave us life. He invested his life for us. None of you here invest in something and expect no return. Am I right? You want, when you put something in, you want something out, isn't it? Hello? And it's the same with God. He gave his life for us. And he expects a return on his investment. He ex- expects a committed life. So I want us to have a look at that this morning. That we are first and foremost in our lives to be committed to God. Are you committed to God above all things? Or are there other things that have crept in that have taken priority above God? The deceitfulness of wealth, of leisure, pleasure, fame, whatever the case may be. So my first point this morning is, Daily examine and inspect your walk with the Lord. I believe that daily we should check our gauge. What do I need to realign in my life? Am I drifting away in any area of my walk with God? Are you becoming spiritually cold towards spiritual things? Are you reading the word of God less? Are you going to God to church less? Are you going to are you giving less? Are you more self-absorbed? Are you more interested in leisure and pleasure than in God? Those are kind of questions that we can ask ourselves. And we read in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5, you can read it there on screen. The Bible says they examine yourself, okay, to see whether you are in the faith. And then it says test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? But one of the funny things there, it says, who must examine who? Ian must examine his flock. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. And I'm not going to do it. Some people expect me, but I will not do it. Why? Because I don't see it as scriptural. You are to examine your own life. You are to test your own life. Because no one knows your comings and goings on a daily basis better than yourself. 
And if you're honest with yourself, you can go and you can t- examine and say, uh oh, here I'm out of line. Test. Boop, boop, boop. And we're going to go through, through a few little tests. You see, where are the things that we can realign our lives? Where we've maybe deviated. And you know what? All of us need to do this, I believe, on a daily basis. Because it is so subtle the way Satan comes in and distracts us. And we start drifting from him and our full commitment to him. Amen? So there's no heavy on one person. The heavy is on ourselves. Because God wants to challenge all of our hearts that he remains number one in all of our lives. Continuously. Amen? Amen. Number two, daily realign your life if you're beginning to drift. Realign it. If you're drifting, uh uh-uh, come back. Yeah, but I don't feel like getting up. Uh Uh-uh. Realign it. Well, I don't feel like doing this. Are you going to base your life on your emotions and your feelings or on principle? The minute we start Aligning our lives based on our emotions and our feelings, we are going to be in trouble, period. And you know what? Most people align their lives according to that. The emotions and the feeling. If it makes them feel good, they do it. If they don't, doesn't, they don't do it. And that is a recipe for disaster. Revelation 3, verse 15 to 18. I'm sure you've read it. Most of you have read this numerous times. I know your deeds... That you are neither cold nor hot. I wish, Jesus speaking, I wish that you were either one or the other. I wish you were hot or cold. Okay? That's what he's saying in the scripture. Okay? So because you are lukewarm in between here, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out my mouth. You say I'm rich, I have acquired wealth. And do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire so that you can become rich. And white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. And and selves to put on eyes so that you can see. What amazes me in the scripture, and I find it to be quite... I find it a shocking scripture. That he would say, I would rather you be hot or cold. But he says, I don't want you to be lukewarm. He would rather you be cold than lukewarm. Actually, that's not true. He would rather you be firing hot than cold. But he doesn't want you to be lukewarm. And what he's saying here is, I do not want half of your heart. If I only have half of your heart, you know what? I don't want you. I am on the brink of rejecting you. Because I will not tolerate half of you. I am not, I did not create you and invest my life for that kind of return. Are you with me? I know your deeds that you are neither cold not. Do you see what it said there? Your what? Your speech. Did it say that? Your way of life. I know your way of life portrays lukewarmness. And I'm sick of it. 
I would rather you be display a life that is cold because I'm not interested in your lukewarmness. I want all of you. And it's the same with the spouse. I certainly am not willing to share my wife with any man. What about you? Are you? Hey? No ways. And the same with God. He's not willing. He's a jealous God. And he wants your whole heart. Not a portion of it. So are you willing to dedicate your life? If you're drifting, are you willing to say, Lord, I come before you. I've been drifting. I need to realign things. Number three. Daily go before God for forgiveness and cleansing of sin. And what I loved when Francois prayed earlier, he says, Lord, he say, and you can hear this humility in what he says, Lord, forgive me for my sin. And so seldom do we hear that anymore. Because many people say there's no such thing as sin. You're getting more and more of that. And even more and more Christians that never repent. They don't like to apologize. And if we are not willing to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, how on earth is he going to lift us up? He cannot. And he wants us to be humble before him. Come before him in worship, in humility, knowing that nothing we do, all of our righteous deeds are like filthy rags before him. Our righteous deeds. Hence we need to make sure that we repent where we have said things that we shouldn't have. Even for the fact that we haven't said things that we should have said. For the things we've done that we shouldn't have done. But even for the things we should have done that we didn't do. When God's prompted us, speak to this person or do this and we don't do it. That is sinful. That's disobedient. And we need to confess that. And I tell you, if you're sensitive, you'll be repenting often. John 1 verse 9 says, If you confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know that scripture. Hebrews 3 verse 12 to 13 says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Make sure that you do not have a sinful heart that turns away from Him. But encourage one another daily. You are called to encourage me and I'm being called to encourage you and say, hey, come on. As long as it is it called day, so that none of you may be hardened by sin, sinful deceitfulness. Sin is deceitful. And it comes subtly. And Satan would love to subtly deter you that you eventually don't serve God. And we need to make sure that we do not allow that. But that's why we need to realign our lives daily. Number four. Daily make sure. Uh, let's stop there. Who of you need to make right with God for things you did or didn't do or things you said or you didn't say this week? Come, let's buy heads. You make right there in your seat. It's pointless unless we apply the truth of God's word to our hearts. Make right with him right now where you are, in the quietness of your heart. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to confess our sins. Thank you that you say that you will cleanse us and purify us from all unrighteousness. Thank you that it's a new day that dawns. Thank you for a new beginning. And I pray that you would challenge our hearts continuously, that we would remain fully committed to you above all things.
in the short life that we live to your glory and to your honor. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Number four, daily make sure that you have a strict spiritual training program in place. Who has a, who has a strict spiritual training program in place in their life? Please put up your hand. One, two, three, four, five. Who of you have a strict spiritual program in your life? You will never go on into maturity if you don't. Never. That's why Paul goes, he says, I'm not sure where he says it, but he says, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you are still infants in Christ. In other words, you should be teaching the word of God, but you don't know anything because you never study it, you never read it. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets a prize? Now all of us know that, right? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Here, here we read that what are we supposed to do? We're to run in such a way as to win, to get the first prize, right? But for us to do that, if we're going to compete in this rate, we need to go into a strict training. We have to have a spiritual program in place so that we can win this race. If we don't, how are we going to win that race? And if we don't, we will never ever get first prize. Who won second prize? No one. We all won first prize. I hope all of you won first prize in the spiritual realm. And we are competing here for a crown that will last forever. You see guys that are highly devoted and they will spend most of their day training and they go through stringent, hard exercises to win a crown that will not last. And here we are talking about putting a strict training program before ourselves that we may win a crown that will last forever. Who believes they should have a strict training program in place spiritually for themselves? Sorry? It is very necessary to be strict with who? Yourself. I beat my body and make it a slave so that I can make sure that I do the will of God, Paul says. Because if I don't, I won't. I will be led by my feelings and my emotions. And most Christians are. Most. That's why the church is so immature and declining instead of growing. Because we, don't have, we are not in a strict spiritual program that we have put in place. And this is what you stick by. This is when you are writing this exam, my son, finished. What spiritual program are you going to put in place in your life? Number five, daily seek and pursue God. Isaiah 55 verse 6, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. In other words, there will come a time where he cannot be found. Make sure that you seek him while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Because there, I believe there comes a time where God just withdraws and he leaves you. I believe God, there's some times where he comes and he says, he says come on, you know. And you, you know it. The Holy Spirit prompts you and come on, come on, come on. And eventually, 
when you harden your heart towards his leading, what does he do? Eventually just stands back and he lets go. Do not allow your life to get to that point. And the minute that happens is when we stop doing a spiritual inventory or test or examine our lives on a daily basis. That's why this is so important. And I want to encourage you to do it on a daily basis. Go and say, Lord, is, is there any sinful way that you find within me? Because remember, our hearts can be very deceptive. But we don't deceive God. You can deceive your brothers and sisters next to you, but you can't deceive God. Number six, daily read the Bible and learn more about God. Daily, okay? Those that read the scriptures you can see, and they're the ones that grow the most. Oh, I don't know how that happened. Joshua 1 verse 8 to 9 says, Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, conditional, then you will be prosperous and successful. Do not let this book of the law, that is what I would call a commandment. When someone says, do not do this, that is, when I say to my kids, don't do that, I am commanding them. I'm not suggesting, I'm saying don't do that. And when they do it, what do I do? I say, come in. Why? Because it's disobedient. Same with God. And he said, do not let this book of the law, the scriptures, depart from where? How can you have it here if you never read it? How can you have it here if you never meditate on it? And meditating is not, oh, 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 oh. I'm talking about contemplating, thinking, mulling over, allowing it to sink from here to there. And, but this needs to take place every single day. And then we get a beautiful promise that comes from this. That if we do that, and not just read it, but do everything that it says. In other words, don't just talk it, but live it. He says, I will bless you. He says, there, I will, you will be prosperous and successful. What an awesome promise, hey? Isn't that a great motivation for you to then study God's word? Live by it. Number seven. Is that now right? Sorry about that, guys. I didn't change the number. Is it staying on there? Daily make sure that you are fully committed in your love to him. Is that it? Luke 4, 14 verse 26 to 27 says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, Jesus is speaking, by the way, Okay. His wife and children, his brother and sister, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Who finds that a very hard scripture to, to swallow? Hey? What this is Jesus is saying is that your love for him needs to be so profound and so deep that it almost looks as though you hate the very ones that you love the most, that are closest to you. That's what he's saying. That is how much you should love God. That is how your, much your commitment and your devotion to him should be. That it almost is perceived that you hate your, the very ones who you love the most. 
That's all it's saying. And he says, if, you, if it is not the case, then what? You're not, you cannot be my disciple. Yeah, that's what he's saying. I want to be first, end of story. I don't want to be second. In fact, I'm not going to be second. Because if you look warm, I'm going to, excuse me, last point. Daily make sure that you stay in fellowship with other believers. And I think this is a very important thing in this day and age. There are so many distractions and so many different things that can steer you away from fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is the beginning of a Christian's downfall. I guarantee you this. Okay? Hebrews 10.25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, the day of Christ's return. Let us do it all the more. And if you have got into that bad habit, get out of it. I have said it before and I, someone was very upset with me and I said, I will not, I said, I rep- I'm very sorry you were saddened by it and please forgive me but I, said, but I will not re- retract what I said I said that if you are uncommitted I said I can almost guarantee your kids will not serve God do you want me to say that again if you are not fully committed I can almost guarantee you that your children will not serve God how can I say that because I've seen the church I've seen those that are not fully committed and eventually their children eventually don't serve God when I'm talking when they grow up. Why? Because they saw parents with a half heart, a lukewarm heart. And they said, well, they just think, no, this is just religion. And you know what? The youngsters of today are not interested in religion. They detest it. And I want to encourage you, make sure that your heart is fully devoted and committed to God. Let's have a look at them again. Point one. Daily examine and inspect your walk with the Lord. Number two. Daily realign your life if you begin to drift. Immediately, if you see, oh, now I'm starting to use foul language or shout at my staff or club guys or whatever the case, hit people or whatever, you need to realign. Number three. Daily go before God for forgiveness and cleansing of sin and repent and make right. Okay? Number four, daily make sure that you have a strict spiritual training program in place. I want to encourage you, get up early and spend time with God. Oh, I'm not a morning person. Well, then make sure that you have it some other time in the day. The Bible says actually morning and evening. In your comings and your goings. While you're walking about. But if you want to grow in your the knowledge of God and who He is, you need to study God's Word. There should be much more of you that can teach and equip in the church today. And it's not the case because people do not study and put a strict training program for themselves. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. Uh, no, don't, not going to listen to your feelings. This is what I'm doing. Okay. Number four. Number five. Daily seek and pursue God. If you're going to casually seek him, you will not find him. If you seek something, eventually you will find it. But you've got to continue and not give up. Amen? 
Do not be a casual seeker, but be an earnest seeker. Number six, daily read the Bible and learn more about God. Number seven, daily make sure that nothing distracts you from your commitment to God. If there's a distraction in your life, eliminate that very quickly. Number eight, daily make sure that you are fully committed in your love to Him. It is easy for our love to dwindle. Don't allow it. And then number nine, daily make sure that you stay in fellowship with other believers that can encourage you and inspire you and challenge you. So, who of you here have allowed things to drift in your spiritual walk with God and to real, need to realign your life now? I see many of I, I see many, many of you. You don't even have to put up your hands. Come, let's, let's say, go before God. We're in the quietness of your heart, and you make right with him and say, from this day, I'm going to change this and this and this in my life. And I'm going to take an inventory of my life and make sure that I don't drift, that I can be on fire. Because people that are on fire encourage other people to become on fire. Come, let's pray. Precious Father God, we love you. We adore you. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being willing to come to restore us back into right relationship with you. And thank you that you are so patient with us. Forgive us where we have sinned against you in the things we've done, not done, said, not said. Forgive us for our hypocrisy and not putting you first and placing you first in all areas and aspects of our life. Lord, we choose this morning, every one of us, to give our hearts anew and afresh completely to you. And may this be a new day that dawns in our lives. May this be a day that you bring fire within our hearts, a fire that will never be quenched. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would grow up in our most holy faith. I pray that every single one of us would work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Because we do it before a mighty God that loves us. And Lord, we choose to work out our salvation. And to eradicate the things that are not of you. And the areas in our lives where we've allowed this deceitfulness of sin to slowly filter in. And to distract us from our prime commitment, and that is to you. This day we choose, and from here on forth, to be fully committed to you. And that you be our number one commitment in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless every person here. I pray that you would help every one of us to realign our lives in this next days and weeks that lie ahead, that it will become a habit. Truly that you would be glorified through our lives in all that we say, do, and think. We pray in your precious name. I pray your blessing to be upon every person here. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would go with every person here. Guide, lead, and direct them as they submit their ways to you. And would you grow us, I pray, so that we may become all that you've called us to be. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen.